Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. Faithful Valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure When Money Talks, the Green Hornet Strikes Again. Case, secretary to Britt Reed, publisher of the Daily Sentinel, looked up as Michael Axford warily entered the office and sank with a sigh of relief into a chair. Uh, oh, me poor feet are killing me that they are, Casey. And they caught me such a cold, I could hardly talk. <laughs> what on earth have you been doing all afternoon, Axford? What made you so tired? Oh, walking, Casey. Walking me legs off trying to check up on them 20 neediest families the Daily Sentinel took care of last Christmas. The Reed's idea that we should find out how they're making out this year. What did you find out about? Well, that's just it, Casey. Would you believe it? I went to nine of them places. Most of them are better off than I am myself. What do you mean? Just that. Six of the families I visited were living in solid comfort, with the houses fixed up, plenty of food, and stuff like that. Really? Well, it's strange. As I remember, each of those 20 families was in dire need a year ago. Most of them have been on our list for several years. Uh, sure, and you're not telling me a thing I don't know, Katie. But some of them seem to have struck it lucky somehow during the past year. But they won't be needing our help any longer. Well, I'm glad they've been so fortunate, <laughs> even if I can't understand how it happened. Yes. Yeah. I go down to the city room. If Reed wants me, he can let me know. Oh, uh, wait a minute, Axford. What do you want? Do you have a list of the families you visited? Oh, sure. They got it right here. There you are. Oh, thanks. Uh, the ones with the little crosses beside it were the families that seemed to have plenty of dough to get along on. Oh, good. I'll give this list to Mr. Reed. Do what you like with it. But I'm through trapping around. You see, can't take it. Oh, oh, that's too bad. They're such nice big ones, too. Ah, uh, you and your corny jokes. <laughs> ah, did you get that, Casey? Big teeth, corny jokes. <laughs> that's a snappy comeback for you. Get out of here. <laughs> Oh, what a guy. <laughs> well, I'll take this list into Mr. Reed. <clears throat> Mr. Reed. What is it, McCabe? Axford came in and brought this list with him. A list? Yes. Mr. Gunnigan sent him out to investigate the 20 neediest families, the ones whom the Sentinel helped last year. Oh, yes. And this is a list of the families that Axford visited this afternoon. Nine of them. There's something about that list that was peculiar. What do you mean? Well, those names marked with little crosses seem to have struck it rich, according to Axford. At least they're all living in solid comfort. Really? Let's see. 
Well, he has six names marked that way. That's right. Well, tell me, uh, do you still have the case histories on these families? Uh, yes, sir. I have them in my files. Well, leave them on my desk in the morning. I'll go over them when I get a chance. Oh, by the way, you might as well weed out those experts found in good condition. They won't be needing our help this Christmas. All right. You know, it seems strange to me that six of the neediest families a year ago managed to come out so well this year. Well, personally, I'm glad to know they could do it. Oh, I am too. I, I was just surprised, that's all. Well, they probably had more gumption than the rest. Some of those families have been on our list for several years. I know. I'll be interested to find out if any of the fortunate six have been on our list for any length of time. Well, so will I. Well, I'm going to call it a day in this case. I'll see you in the morning. Yes, sir. Good night. Good night. Morning, Gunnigan. Iceberg. Hi, Chief. Good morning, Reed. What do you think about Spencer? Was it the modern edition? Ray Spencer, the big shot racketeer? What about him? Well, you know, the cops picked him up for questioning about that payroll holdup. I know. For a while there, it looked like they had the goods on Spencer. There was a witness who took the number and description of the holdup car as it left the scene. And it was traced to Spencer. Sure, he claimed his car had been stolen. No one believed that, Chief. That is, no one believed it till last night, Reed, when the cops were tipped off that some bum was flashing a big roll of dough in a Water Street bar. That's right, Chief. When they picked up the bum, the cops found some of the payroll checks on him. He confessed to the holdup. Sure, and that let Spencer in the clear. After all, if Spencer was innocent... Innocent was... ain't the word to use for that guy, Reed. Maybe he didn't pull the holdup job, but to my way of thinking, he's done a lot he's managed to get out of. He's a smooth one, that Spencer. He sure is, Mike. He came out of prison with nothing. Yet within a year, he buys a big nightclub and seems to have money to burn. Where it all came from is a mystery. This city could do well without men like Spencer. There doesn't seem to be anything that we can do with him. Seems to keep within the law. Well, he'll make a slip someday, Mark, my word. Well, I'm going on down to Cops Headquarters. See you both later. So long. Meanwhile, in another part of the city, Ray Spencer sat at his desk in the office of his nightclub, talking to one of his henchmen. Well, Virgil, we put it over again. I must admit, you're smart enough at times, even though you do talk like a dope. Oh, cheap boy, thanks for the compliment. Don't mention it. No, I won't tell nobody if you say so. I never tell nothing you don't want oh, me to. Oh, skip it, Virgil, skip it. Uh, here, take this over to Maggie Hooker. Yeah, sure. Tell us you'll get the same amount this time next week. Okay. But the others? Did you get their dough to them all right? Yeah. <laughs> they all beat me like I was Sandy Claus or something every time I go with the dough. Hey, do you have to pay out all that moolah every week, boss? Absolutely, Virgil. If I don't keep my bargain with them, they might squeal and that would be the end. Both of us. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. That wouldn't be so good, would it? What do you think? You already did a stretch in the pen, so you ought to know. Yeah. You know, uh, somehow I didn't like it. I, I couldn't do what I wanted to. And they wouldn't let me go no place either. <laughs> that happens to be the policy of prisons, Virgil. Uh, get going before Maggie Hooker thinks we're giving her husband the double cross. I don't trust dames no how. I ain't ever had no luck with them. Really? Yeah. I just can't imagine why, Virgil. <laughs> Go on, get started. Uh, sure, okay, boys. Hurry back. I have other things for you to do. I'll be right back, boys. 
brought in the letters you dictated this morning, Mr. Reed, and if you'll sign them now, I'll get them right out. All right. I'm glad you finished them. I'd like to have you do something this afternoon. Well, what is it? Well, since Axford gave up on those neediest families, I thought perhaps you could visit a few of the ones he didn't get to. Take a cab and turn in an expense account. Oh, fine. I'd like getting out for a while. Is there anything you want me to do here before I leave? No. Uh, if you see two or three this afternoon, we'll have someone else finish the visits tomorrow. You'd better leave right away. Yes, sir. I'll leave right now. And I'll be back before 5 o'clock. Wait for me, please. Okay, lady. Looking for somebody, lady? Yes. So Mr. and Mrs. Marty Hooker live in this building? Yeah, right down them steps. They live in a basement flat. Well, you won't find Marty there. No? No, he got picked up for pulling that big payroll hold up. Spending all the papers. Confessed he done it. I guess his old lady's home, though. Right down them steps, like I told you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, you the ball, we in. Okay. Let's look, before you get down the street, Dale. Well, what can I do for you, dearie? Are you Mrs. Hooker? Who wants to know? I'm from the Daily Sentinel. About the Christmas donation, you know. You were on our list last year. Oh, we thought we did. Oh, that. Come on in, dearie. Uh, things are kind of mussed up a wee bit, but with the baby and all, and me old man being in trouble. I understand. I'm sorry about your husband. You can count on the Sentinel to do all this. bless your heart, dearie. But we won't be needing to take your help. This place is terribly cold and... Well, with a baby and all, I'm sure you'll need... Things ain't as bad as they look, that they ain't. Before the week's out, I'll be leaving this hovel for a nice flat on the west side. From now on, Maggie Hooker and her baby will be living in comfort. That we will, dearie. I'm glad to hear it, but I... Ah, I can see it in your eyes. You think I'm talking a bit of blarney? Be praised is the truth when I say we'll be living better without that that no good Marty than we ever lived with him around. Someone's offered to help you then? Well, it is a weekly income that's been arranged. A, a distant relative who came into plenty of money. Oh? Now, don't you worry your pretty head about Maggie Hooker, dearie. And you can tell your newspaper we'll be needing their help no longer, thank heaven. I, I see. Well... Well, thanks for seeing me, Mrs. Hooker, and I'm really glad things are going to be better for you. Sure, and after I get settled in my new place, uh, uh, me up and drop in for a cup of tea. Uh, thankful I am for what you did last year. Uh, goodbye, dearie. Goodbye. Here's Casey No, Reed. Well, hello, Axford. I guess I'm later than I intended to be, Mr. Reed. We were just beginning to worry about you, Miss Case. It's almost six o'clock. How did you make out? All right. I went to four places. Three of them are in just as bad condition as they were last year. The other one, though, won't need help this year. Well, that's another one to cross off the list, then. Now, what's the name? Hooker. The family of Marty Hooker. Mrs. Hooker says she's comfortably fixed from now on, and she intends to move to the west side. Her husband's in jail, I understand. Marty Hooker, did you say? Yes. Hey, Reed, come to think of it, was Marty Hooker who confessed that payroll holdup they tried to pin on Ray Spencer and his gang. Really? Marty Hooker's his name, sure as I'm sitting here. In this case, did Miss Ho Mrs. Hooker say where she was getting the money? Well, she was rather cagey about it. 
She said a distant relative decided to arrange a weekly income for her and the baby. Hmm. Well, let's see that list. Well, according to this, hookers have been among the neediest families for the past three years. This windfall from that distant relative is rather sudden, it seems to me. It is that. Moreover, I've been checking this afternoon on those whom Axford reported as being in comfortable circumstances. Well, what did you find out, Mr. Reed? I discovered that in each of those cases, the husband is in prison, each one having confessed to a crime. You don't say. That's sure a coincidence, isn't it? Well, it seems mighty funny to me. Yes. It might not be a coincidence, actually. What then? Well, if I knew, I'd tell you. Say no. Maybe I'd better tip Sarge off to do a little investigating. To my way of thinking, all them guys that went to jail were in the same gang. And their wives know where they left some hidden stolen money. Oh, there. There you are. That settles the whole thing. Well, not exactly. As a matter of fact, though, there may be some connection between all those confessed crooks and some one man or some group on the outside. You got something there, Reed? Well, maybe. Mr. Reed, I was just thinking... Go on, Miss Case. Well, wasn't that racketeer Ray Spencer involved in the payroll hold-up case before Hooker confessed? Holy crow! Do you think Spencer's pulling something, Reed? Well, what I think doesn't matter. The main thing is that the police get proof. And from what I've learned about Ray Spencer, if he is connected with Hooker and the others, getting proof against him is not going to be easy. Continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. Now, back to the Green Hornet. After finding out that several men from the neediest families in the city had confessed to crimes and gone to prison, with the result that their families began receiving money, Britt Reed, young publisher of the Daily Sentinel, waited patiently for the result of the police investigation. It was several days later when Axford phoned from police headquarters. Hello? Hey, this is Axford. What's up? Down to Cop's headquarters. I was just talking to Sarge about that investigation. What's the result? Reed, they can't get anything out of any of those people. And Ray Spencer is laughed in their faces when they questioned him. Well, Spencer may not be involved, but if he is, as I said before, getting proof will not be easy. Sarge says he thinks there's something funny about the whole setup, too. But it's all so tight they can't break it. I see. Well, if they do get any sort of a lead, let me know. Sure, Reed. That I will. See you later. So long. Goodbye, Axford. Hmm. Looks like it will take unorthodox methods to... I'll call Cato on the private line. Cato, I have a job for you to do. What I to do? You know Ray Spencer? Ray Spencer? I see his picture in paper often. The old Nightingale Club. Right. And he has his office there. I want you to take the small coupe and go over there. Shadow Spencer. Get to know by sight the men close to him. Be careful. What I try to find out? Find out if Spencer or one of his men pays a weekly visit to the slum district. Yes, sir. I watch carefully. Good. Report to me as soon as you find out anything. Goodbye, Cato. Goodbye, Mr. Britt. It was almost six o'clock the following afternoon when Britt Reed returned to his office from a board meeting at the Civic Club. 
Any messages for me, Miss Case? Uh, yes, sir. Cato phoned and said to tell you that he had a very special dinner waiting for you tonight and wants you to be sure and come home. Oh, well, fine. Anything else? These letters are to be answered. Well, they can wait. And Axford phoned with a brilliant idea. Well, let's have it. Well, he wants money to buy toys and to hire a Santa Claus outfit so he can appear as Santa at the settlement house on Christmas Eve. That I'd like to see. <laughs> His way with children will make up for the Irish brogue, though. Tell him to go to it. And last but not least, Gunnigan's been asking for you. He wants to discuss a new setup for the city page. Well, tell Gunnigan to work it out to suit himself. I'm tired of going home. I'll see you in the morning, Miss Case. Yes, sir. Good night. Good night. Rick Reed went to his apartment where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet, was waiting. All right, Cato, let's have it. What did you find out? I find out big man who have flat nose and big ears always with Spencer. Bodyguard, perhaps? Uh, that's what I think. This afternoon, this man, whom I learned go by name of Virgil, leave office and go to slum area. I follow. Good. Where did he stop? He go two places. I have names and addresses here. The last place you go is out on the west side of the city. Let's see those names. This is Tony Coretta, Water Street. And this is Marty Hooker, West End Avenue. Cato, you really did get something. You recognize names, Mr. Britt? Yes. Both of these names were on our neediest families list last year. Both Tony Coretta and Marty Hooker are in prison, and both their families are living comfortably. What all that mean? It means Ray Spencer is involved in a deal somewhere. I have a pretty good idea about the party plays. The police can't go around the law to force the issue, but the Green Hornet can. Let's go. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of the closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This building led to an adjoining building, which fronted on a dark side street. Those supposedly abandoned... This building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming Black Beauty sped into the darkness. go, Mr. Britt? Cato, I have a list of seven families. The husbands are all in prison. I'm calling each of their homes. But first, we'll go to Mrs. Coretta's and Mrs. Hooker's. Well, Mrs. Coretta live in the middle of next block. Now turn off into the back alley. You can wait there for me. Then we'll head for Hooker's. If they react the way I think they will, Ray Spencer will be stopped once and for all. say. Give me the money you received this afternoon. Oh, you make a mistake. I'm not against the money. Give it to me. Oh, sure, sure, I give it. I give it. It's in my bag. You just knock sure money. I get it. All right, give it here. 
Maria, she not having the money for us to live. I... If you have any complaints, tell them to the man who sent me. Mr. Ray Spencer. Spencer? He's sending you here. You heard me. I'll leave now. That's a big Spencer. He pulled the double cross. Double on my Tony. I make him sorry. I go tell him my Tony tonight. <laughs> Nothing to be crying about this night. Oh, hush now, hush, hush. Sure, now. Just let you understand every word I've been saying, I'll be thinking. I... Glory oh. be. Now, who can be calling at a time like this? Oh, saints be praised to the devil himself. Let me in. Not a cloven foot. Will you be sitting in me house? I... I'm already inside. Close the door. Sure, and I know you're that green harness. But his Maggie hooky, you're bu- bu- bucking up against it. Give me the money you received a while ago. So that's it, is it? Well, not a penny will I be given to the likes of you, so you can be taking yourself out of here right now. I'd hate to use this gun on a woman. But if you don't... Merciful heavens, I, I believe you would. I'm waiting. I... Oh, all right. I'll be giving it to you. Hurry. Now, quiet, you foul and have the money. But if you scare that innocent little babe, I'll be tearing you apart. Go on and all done. Here's the money, you thieving devil. Thanks. Spencer said it would be easy to get. Hold on. Did I hear you speak of Mr. Spencer? Yes. You heard me. So he sent you here. Oh, tis a filthy game to be playing on me poor husband. But to St. Pat will bear me witness, I'll turn that Spencer into the law. And you're with him, that I will. I'll call me friend Cassidy at headquarters right now. Do what you will. Time for me to go. Good night, Mrs. Parker. Is that you, Mr. Briggs? Yes, Kato. <laughs> My plan's working out. Let's get moving. Two more places to visit. Tomorrow, Cato, after things quiet down, you can mail the money I'm taking back to each of those women. After that, the Sentinel will see to it that none of them are suffering. Step on it. Through one dark back street of the city after another, the sleek car of the Green Hornet moved like a great purring shadow. Frequent stops were made until finally, each of the places listed on a paper in Britt Reed's pocket had been visited. Then, Britt and Cato returned to the apartment to await results. It was after midnight when Sergeant Burke entered the press room at police headquarters. What's the news, Sarge? Is there anything to it all? Plenty, Ashford. You did well to hang around instead of going out with the other thief. Give it to me, then. Hold your horses. I got to send a couple of the boys out. Cassidy. Yes, sir. Take one of the boys with you and pick up Ray Spencer. Okay, right away. Ray Spencer? Why are you picking him up? We got a call from several women who claimed the harness came there and took back money Spencer was paying them. It was a bargain he made with her husband. What do you mean? Spencer pulled jobs like that payroll holdup. Then got some poor starving guy with a family to take the rap. In return, he promised to pay a weekly sum to the wife. Get it? Holy crow. We got word that several of the guys have already seen the prison warden and retracted their confessions, putting the blame on Spencer. Wait. I got a call read. <laughs> Wait till he hears this. <laughs> Boy, I've got a scoop this time. <laughs> so 
He thinks I don't bring in any news, huh? He'll find out. I bet he's sleeping. So what? Reed, this is Axford. I might have known. Just when I get to sleep, you have to... Hold on, Reed. The cops are picking up Ray Spencer. He paid a lot of guys to go to jail for him. You know, those poor guys whose families were on our list. What do you know? It was the green-hearted worker with Spencer who brought things open. He went to take back the dough from the families. The women squawked. And then the cops found out that Did the guy... Get the story to rewrite. Well, not yet, but I'm going... Santa Claus, you're wasting time. Get the story in. Sure, sure, Reed, but I'm trying to... Uh, uh, did they pick up the hornet yet? The hornet? <laughs> now, hold on, Reed. They, don't you know it's a well, tough uh, time? call me when they do. Good night. Uh, Reed! Reed! I want to... Turn up on you, huh? Did they pick up the hornet yet, he said. Then call me when they do. <laughs> Boy. Sometimes I think Reed's losing what little part of mind he has. That I do. You'll lose what little job you have if you don't get that story into the Sentinel. Holy crow. Give me that phone, quick. Radio dramas created by George W. Trendle are a copyrighted feature of The Green Hornet, Incorporated. All characters, names, places, and incidents used are fictitious.